My first name is Tim. I've never read Animorphs. I'm doing it now. Welcome to Minds of Yerk. I'm Tim. My name is Alex. And I'm Megan. All right. Jesus. Wait, hold on. All right. Let me calm down. Let that me was calm extreme. down. I know. I'm, this I'm is not fired extreme. up. I'm ready to go. Tim this pounded six, six Red Bulls right yes. before he hit record. <laughs> All right. All right. And no vodka. I have to be polite or else Meg will get mad at me. So How many all this week. I, I don't like the implication that I have to, I will get mad if you're not nice or that if you're not polite. You should just be polite. What? <laughs> All right, cool. Enough of that. Tim building questions. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, ready? Meg, what's your favorite color? Green. Kelly green. Alex, say potato. Tim, these are the worst Tim building questions I've I know, because I, I really want to get along to talk about this book. I don't want to waste a bunch of time on Tim building questions. Yeah. I get the feeling that most people. Yeah, yeah that works. That's close enough. Rutabaga? Are expecting long episodes for these two books. Turn well, up? that's fine. Let's make it a long episode talking about the book, because. Oh, when I want one... that, it's too much. <laughs> what, are, what are some other tuberous vegetables? Onions? No. I feel like I'm missing, missing a big one there. Radish? Would a radish Did I one? say radish? I don't know. Did you? You did I that. I said turnip. Okay. Radish. A parsnip? Ooh, parsnip. A That's a good tree? one. I guess technically pear trees do grow underground partly. Oh, I was talking about a parsnip and a pear tree. I know. I was being me. Yeah. My apologies, <laughs> as usual. So we read an Animorphs book this week. Did and we? it was amazing. What if we accidentally read the wrong Animorphs book? I mean, it's really hard to screw that one up at this point, honestly. I don't know that we can play that game this time. To be fair, when I put it on the Twitter, I had to stop and go, are we really on 53? Hang on a second. And I had to triple check. Is it, 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 the only time that Meg doesn't stay focused is when I'm like hyper ready to be focused. And <laughs> All right, I, feel I will like, focus. I feel like it's intentional. I, I feel won't. like it's a Maybe. personal attack. I won't Maybe focus. Maybe we need to get therapy for the group just <laughs> all of us shit potatoes that's the other one <laughs> jesus christ okay tim what right. animal's book did we read it's the anticipatation anticipatation no. there no. we go <laughs> it's book number 53 the answer 42 <laughs> Uh, I will say that is the question. What, what is Jake's last name? Berenstein. It's Berenstein. It Bar- Berenstein. <laughs> There's no T in it. <laughs> no, it's Berenson, but it's fun to mess with Tim. <laughs> What's Rachel's last name? Also Berenson. Most likely, yes. Aren't I... their dad's brothers? Yes. But you're also assuming that mom took the last name. Well, that's true. Anyways. Tim, we are sorry. We're not sorry. I'm not. I'm not a little bit. <laughs> Somehow, I had conflated Berenson 
with Tom Berenger to where he became Tom Berenson. I, I expected so to get making, Tom Bergeron. <laughs> I've been making sniper jokes the whole time and substitute jokes and major league jokes, and none of them apply now. That's because Circle took the square. Is that the guy that hosted that? Tom Bergeron. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, book 53, The Answer. Also, the Whoopi po- Goldberg at one point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Yerk Bowl is destroyed. The Yerks are destroying other stuff to get back at the humans. A Yerk Bowl ship shows up. The Animorphs want to blow that up. They need help from the military, but that'll take three days. So they decide to destroy the under-construction Yerkpool, too, by killing all the Taxan construction workers. While that battle is going on, Jake falls down a hole and meets Arbron. Yeah, that Arbron. You know, from Andalite Chronicles. And he says he wants to bring morphing technology to the Taxans, even though he's a Nothlet and it won't help him. The Taxans want to flip sides. The Texans are working with Tom, who is also double-crossing Victor Visser 1. He helps the Animorphs get on the pool ship and then pulls the rare quadruple cross and makes a Taxan eat Cassie. But the Taxan is Tobias and Cassie is Eric the Chi. The Animorphs disable the ship controls and dump 17,000 Yerks into space. This unfortunately leaves them as sitting ducks for Tom in the Blade ship, who is attacking them. But Rachel is there, and she... To be continued. It was hard not to, not to immediately go pick up book fifty-four. I did. I, I did. read the first five <laughs> chapters of book fifty-four. I uh, played by the rules. So jealous. Oh my god! I can tell you everything that happens with <laughs> book fifty-four without reading it again. So a lot of ground covered in this one. Yeah, little bit. A lot of a lot of things happen. How I'd like to. This one? I'd like to start with the low-hanging fruit. Uh, we prove that Rachel's mom being cool was just a one-time deal last <laughs> book because she plays the super oh, Karen. God. We pay taxes. Yeah. They answer to us. I laughed so hard at that bullshit. Did you, did you not get the feeling like she would have been like a little bit happy if Jake died? Oh, definitely. I yeah. mean, it says like, point blank she was not happy to see him alive. <laughs> like, if Jake died, apparently they would just be done. Uh, problem solved. <laughs> so who's the ghostwriter of this book, Tim? There wasn't one. Very exciting. Yeah, that nobody got thanked for helping prepare this book. <laughs> manuscript. It was manuscript is Man- the word. Manuscript. Sorry, I feel so so pedestrian. Uncultured. uncultured. <laughs> we both had words ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> what did we think about this book? I really, really, really liked this book a lot. This book was hard to stop reading for sections to write the summary. And it was also hard to write the summary because I had to leave a bunch out. You did, like the whole page. Yeah. The whole extorting Eric the Chi. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. was wild. I knew a lot happened in this. So my notes are literally chapter by chapter up until chapter 20. And that's when I was just crying too much. It's a really sad book, guys. I took one screenshot. You took only one? I took so <laughs> many. What the fuck? I have three pages of notes and screenshots. I realized that I had covered a lot of ground, and I'm like, I should start writing notes for my summary. <laughs> but I just wanted to keep reading. And then he's like, I'm only two sentences in, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought Alex was going to tell us about his screenshot. I mean, I can. We can We can burn my one note, and I can just freewheel it the rest of the episode. 
Um, I feel like that's a bad idea, but okay. So as soon as Jake earns, I don't know, the ability to command the military, he instructs... He does not have the military. I mean, General Doubleday is answering to him. It's pretty pretty accurate. He has a portion, a tiny portion, 709 men. Which sounds kind of impressive when you say it that way. It's more than he has had. If I had an army of 700 people... He has had five or six. He's had 21! <laughs> I was making a callback to last episode, thank you. But that I was... noticed you came in with the specific number this time. No, I... <laughs> That was a question of how many original animals, six or seven, not five or six. There I've are heard it six. both ways. There's <laughs> oh, five or seven at this point now. It's, it's fine. I'm thinking more for two or months? three hours. There we go. <laughs> I knew, knew where that was going. So as soon as, as soon as Jake has some semblance of command, he says, let him up, Marco. General. Do you have any kind of surveillance camera set up in this place? (laughs) What? Is that you? Are you some kind of tiger now? Yeah, some kind. General, if you have security cameras, turn them on. We can use the tape later to spot the safe guys. Anyone who shoots a controller is someone we can trust. The general nodded. The cameras are always on. Now get out of my way. Are they though? Because apparently a fucking gorilla and a wolf and elephant or grizzly bear. I can't remember what Rachel was. I think she was an elephant. Got in. I mean, they were probably morphed small, demorphed under the table, and then morphed again, right? <laughs> like, doing which one of Jake's remorse? I mean, number three. I'm gonna say maybe four. <laughs> Just not his brightest idea, but it did make me laugh. <laughs> Jake Chumbawamba's his way up the chain <laughs> of command. I just really appreciate that he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna try." Yeah. You can't keep me in a prison. You can be shot, Jake. Let's not fucking forget that. These bars can't hold me. But a gun can kill you and nearly does. Now, we have all, I'm sure, many times listened to Broadway musical Annie Get Your Gun well enough to know. No. You can't catch a man with a gun. No. It's the name of a song in that right, musical I figured too. as much. I was waiting for what you can catch a man. I figured that was what was going to follow it. Food I think love... Oh. To to be fair, I have never actually seen it. I've only listened to uh, a bootleg of the recording when Reba McIntyre took over the role. Was anybody else caught off guard by the word verisimilitude? No. Oh, man, it, it sure shut me down. <laughs> so how'd you feel learning uh, Jake's last name? You could have given me one million guesses <laughs> and I would never have gotten it. <laughs> this is why we never asked you. <laughs> yeah. We get his name, his age, how long he's been doing this, what year he is in high school. Basically everything short of his basketball jersey number at the beginning (laughs) of the series. We also get that Tom is the security chief for all York forces on Earth. So we weren't wrong. We we did kind of call that one, right? Like, Tom must must be moving up the ranks. Yeah. 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 But we also get that he should be much higher. Yeah, I was about to say, not as quick as he would have liked it, though. The Visser's been holding him back. He should have been a low-digit sub at this point. Office politics are such a bitch. Yeah. I hate when you've got a top from the bottom like that. <laughs> uh, I just, I really liked it. It, it felt like that um, when you're getting to the final episode of a TV show and the, like, montage of things that have happened. 
like that is how this felt rather than the introduction of like hey i'm an animorph you can't know who i am or anything instead it's like here let me list you all the fucking things we did to get to this point <laughs> yeah you're probably wondering how i got here <laughs> <laughs> they're burning down the elementary school record scratch <laughs> the fact that this book opens with a fucking lie that they are blowing up the elementary school that's a lot yeah yeah hey the first third of this in particular in this we should also say before we get too deep into here we are recording this on january 13th if anything we say ends up being impolitic after this episode gets released um it's because that's when we recorded it and who knows what happens in the next week yeah, Wednesdays are a bitch, man. But the first third of this, in this current moment of history in the United States, was a really difficult read. I also find it interesting that, like, Jake is totally taking the blame for Cassie. Like, that it's all his fault that Cassie gave the morphine technology. Like, if he had been stronger, been more yeah. in tune. I mean, he doesn't live in that space very long, that no, seems kind of like weird space. the last thought of all the self-doubt we've seen for the last few books. And then he very quickly gets into, nah, fuck, I gotta do this, and then becomes a Rachel-level sociopath. I don't like that. I don't think he becomes a Rachel anything. I think he becomes what we've been lacking in Marco for the last few books. And it really pisses me off when Marco's like, man, you turned into Rachel. And I'm like, no! You stopped being an important part of the Animorphs outside of go do computer stuff. Yeah, he does sort of become the the, the, the comic relief guy. I was not meaning that, but sure. sure. No, but I mean, like, I, it, not that he's particularly funny, but just, like, comes in with the little one-liner and then, like, is back out again. Whittling another duck. Yeah. More like Googling how to whittle a duck. Was Google around then? Yes. I'm 90% sure. Dogpile definitely was. Jake gets really annoyed at these war council meetings and is like, these are no longer important for everybody to attend because you all bug me. But does include Toby. Yeah. And not as just a like, because you are our host, we have to include you kind of thing. He actually listens and, and takes what she says into consideration. Even though he fucking excludes Cassie. Yeah. Which he, he insists is an accident, but Jake, my dude. It doesn't really seem to piss anybody else off but Tobias. Marco, like, doesn't think it's very cool, but Marco doesn't give him shit for it either. This is true. I just have a note that's like, Tobias, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Actually, it's calm TF down. <laughs> I appreciate my shorthand, guys. Yeah, dude, why are your feathers so ruffled? It's not like he was excluding Rachel, the original Nike girl. It's true. I just feel like there's a lot of Tobias anger that could be happening. There's much a line later at, in this book. There's a line at some point where he's like, "You've never been stared at angrily by a bird. <laughs> they always look pretty angry, but somehow it was worse." <laughs> Tobias is like extra staring you down. <laughs> Tobias gains heat vision. Oh God, that would be the worst. I do like that this book kind of. Um, I don't know. At first, I was a little worried that it wouldn't work because I knew a lot happened in this book and that it was going to kind of spiral. And there's part of me that wishes it could have been spread out a little bit more over a couple books. I don't think it would have worked, though. Yeah, I. This feels 
so much like all of it has to be a Jake book. Oh, definitely. There, There is nobody else that this would have been good for. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a version of it with a more proactive Marco where he's where he's doing some of the lifting but i think by and large this this has to be jake and it has to be it has to be like a finger in every pie like it's got to be everything is going on because there's just one book left did you think jake was gonna die when he got shot in the head no no Mm mm-mm you were still like, no, we got plenty of book left. It's not going to just yeah. change narrators. I just, he, yeah, no. Uh, I I have my my person that I'm worried about, and I'll I'll save that for my predictions. Okay. I wrote that it was Elemis bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a fucking bullet to the brain. I mean, depending on the part of the brain, he could have been fine. Whatever. Jake gets lucky more than once. But then later, they shoot a guy in the head because they basically send the military out there like, go somewhere for three days where you guys cannot get back here to make sure that your guys are safe. One guy tries to escape. They try to disarm him. He slips. He ends up getting shot in the head and the Yurk slithers out of the bullet hole. That was just some excellent imagery right there. It was, yeah. I, I think we have taken for granted uh, how much more visceral the body horror is under K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant. I will agree. Also, the scenes where Visser 1 is just like microwaving Seagull Squad members yeah, and Jesus. just enjoying it. So- Which now, that that's another one when we talk about people beefing it. James getting it and it's basically like... Uh, almost off panel like it's there's not yeah. much to it and i'm like what what but i like but i i like james a lot like what what happened so when we first when they were first introduced not that long ago unfortunately um i talked about how k applegate and michael grant have said that they like the one thing thing that they would do over is their storyline and this is why yeah it yeah Killing off everyone with a disability yeah. as a footnote is not I, a great look. I don't think it's necessarily a footnote. I feel like reading it, when I'm away from the story, I can understand that argument. But reading it, I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm not saying that it is handled well. But it is used as a tactic to make Jake and the reader feel helpless. Because if he steps out too early, he will die and everything is done. And we are at the point where literally there's only one book left. Like, shit's going to have consequences. And I agree. It's a shitty thing to do. But I don't think it's necessarily a footnote. No, I think it's yeah. it's that they have no autonomy in it, I think, would be the more fair way. Because even, even when James says, look, some of my guys can't do this, Jake gets very aggro and says, no. Yeah. We didn't yeah. give them these powers for them to fly around and have fun. I need them in it now, no question. You want to be yeah. a leader, go lead. Yeah, uh, they 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 made me like James too much for him to to not get more weight. Yeah. In that moment, I feel. But yeah, I mean I I definitely see what you're talking about. It is a it is supposed to be a Jake driven moment, but Yeah, I mean I think we all agree that if James had been there much longer, 
there probably would have been, I don't know if necessarily a struggle for power, or but there definitely would have been power dynamics that would have come into play more. Yeah. yeah. But at the most, he was there a month. Maybe six, if you want to be super generous. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it being that long, though, because these last few books are, like, within weeks of each other, Max. Right. So maybe three at the most. Yeah, like, I think we get specifically a week from that book to the next... This book seems like it's immediately after or just hours after the last one. Well, it's talking about how they're very hungry, so at the most three days, two days. Yeah. But see, I even read that as like the first Yerks who would have come in tonight are hungry. And James literally saved his life in this book. Yeah. It's a lot. They're done dirty. The authors are well aware. Yeah. The, you do get a cool Visser 1 moment. Or at least what I thought was a cool Visser 1 moment. Probably the coolest one since since Visser. Was him just sitting up there in his throne saying, Nah, this is good. If it's good, it can't be real. And I was <laughs> like, I kind of dig that. He's got this, a few moments, yeah. Yeah. This is the same dude who, like, a few weeks earlier had this dream where he got to kill one of the Animorphs and learned <laughs> they were human kids, and then woke up convinced it was real, but having no proof of it. Like That I is get him. your headcanon of it. I, I'll, I'll no, share that headcanon. I am convinced. I like it. Yeah, I you, like it. You but there's nothing on me. the page that supports that. It is still headcanon. I Subtext. appreciate it. It's subtext. Except name one time when the Elamister Krayak has, like, created a false doppelganger of someone instead of just pulling someone through space-time to where they need them. Well, I don't know. I'm sure the Elamist has done a lot of things when we weren't yeah. necessarily hanging I mean, with them. we're talking billions of years. Yeah. But, again, in the text, like, the Elamist's whole thing in Andalite Chronicles is, oh, my dude, I need to yoink you out of space-time, <laughs> and hey, your kid's gonna be raised basically as an orphan now oops sorry not sorry also changed the minds or the memories of at least one person dozens of people yeah. hundreds that knew him as an a, you know a, let's say as an adult as a person as al finger yes which really just sounds like the name of a vampire when i say it like that do you think that tobias assuming that his last name was not fangor prior to finding out who his dad was like would go through the process of turning human and going to a government building and changing his last name what do you think he would change it to at that point though like, he's not gonna call himself tobias serenial shamtel <laughs> no <laughs> maybe new, new twitter handle <laughs> <laughs> oh like, he comes in, he just wants to hyphenate Tobias Finger Serenial Shamtel, or whatever <laughs> whatever Lauren's maiden name was, if that wound up being his last name. Sure. <laughs> Do you still think he would have taken the fucking time, though? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> he does not give a shit about bureaucratic paperwork. What's he going to do? Get a new driver's license? Yes. Oh, now I desperately want this. I want Tobias to go to the like social security office and the DMV, but fully bird, like not morphed into his human morph. 
You know, I mean, after the events of the series, I guess theoretically he could be like, hey, yo, so here's my deal. I'm a bird, but it would be helpful if I didn't know. I could buy cigarettes or something, and for that <laughs> I need a driver's Christ. license. Okay, alcohol. He wants to he wants to get drunk and fly around in like weird ovals. I feel like he could steal alcohol. He it's just he gets the cigarettes, he just burns them down, he doesn't smoke them, and then he gives the butts to his friend X. His best friend. His, his storm. It definitely at one point says Tobias is Axe's best friend. And I was like, not an important detail at this moment, Jake. <laughs> Tobias is Axe's best friend and nephew. Come on, Jake. Not an important detail at this moment, Jake. If you're going to get into the nitty gritty, be specific. I don't know. I also pictured Tobias in black and white in a French cafe smoking that cigarette for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I mean, if any teenager little... is going to turn into that, it is Tobias, yes. His little beret. No, Rachel's got the beret. <laughs> so, Tim, I hate to spoil this for you, but actually the last scene of The Dark Knight Rises is based on the last scene of Book 54. <laughs> it's an homage? Yeah, it's an homage to Tobias sitting in that cafe. <laughs> it took me 20 minutes, or however long since you said The Dark Knight Rises, to figure out what The Dark Knight Rises is. That There's was so like... Meetings. Hold on, that was like 10 seconds, and you just said 20 minutes. And Because Meg... it felt like 20 minutes in my head, okay? Because <laughs> I it's... didn't immediately go, oh yeah, okay, here's the connection. Five or six human beings, or six or seven, or <laughs> not, 10 seconds, not, or 20. Not to narc on you, Neg, but I think maybe whatever you're high on, you took a little too much. <laughs> no, you know what no, that I'm is? sober. That's Murderbot. That is Murderbot. That's exactly, yeah, it's, uh, it's functionally 3.4 seconds. Subjectively, it was 30 minutes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So chapter eight is where they start talking about just annihilating the Texans. And it also is kind of Cassie's breaking point in some ways, or a breakdown for Cassie. She's had a lot. She's going to have a lot more. Um, Because she's kind of like finally pissed off that she's the moral backbone of this group. I'm saying a lot of words with questioning tones because, like, damn, girl, you couldn't just have had this breakdown, like, four books ago? I mean, even Rachel has already realized that, oh, hey, the women have to do the emotional work for the group. And then I just had the thought of, like, why didn't they give Toby the morphine power while they had the cube? Did we ever discuss that? No. Like, part of me was like, why not give the Hork-Bashir the morphine power? Okay. And then I was like, okay, I processed the fact that, like... They're like a toddler. They're not going to quite grasp that there's a time limit on this. Yeah. That there's two brains, et cetera, et cetera. But two Toby or does. three hours. You know, also, what are you going to have them morph to that's more dangerous than a hork bajir? Sure. But Toby, I feel like, would benefit from having morphine powers. I don't know. It just was she a could moment go I had. To the Cinnabon. She's no hork bajir have mouths. Yeah. Are you going to take a hork bajir to the mall with you? Yes. I'm not an asshole. (laughs) Okay, fair. I suppose they can at this point. They're not really trying to hide anymore. Yeah. Also, Watt Mall. It's a smoking crater. Uh, That's a good point. That's a good point. Axe has had his his last Cinnabon. Eric said he lost his house and I felt bad for him. But then he's like, no, the really kick-ass underneath part's still there. And I was like, I don't feel bad for you anymore. The dogs are all fine. Don't worry. Are you yeah. checking on your Pimalite? Yes. <laughs> My Pimalite is making noise, by the way. 
mine has been sitting like I, I sit in my desk upstairs and he comes up here and I moved his bed back downstairs and he lays in the floor and gives me this most pathetic look of like, I don't want to be up here. Can we go back downstairs? I didn't bring him up here. He chose to follow <laughs> me up here. So I follow him downstairs. He gets really excited. And I'm like, where are you taking me? And it's to the couch to pet him. And I'm like, okay, did this three times. Yeah, when the cheater first mentioned, I definitely made a note of like, where the fuck have the cheat been? Like, we haven't met up with them in a while. And I was yeah. like, did, did they have a falling out that I missed? Did they just run out of their usefulness? Did at some point, like, they kind of get caught? There were like two books in a row where we got, uh, yeah, the cheat don't know much. Visser 3 or Visser 1, whatever, is being cagey now. And they're just not getting yeah. intel. And then this book, it was the, hey, we need to find them now that, you know, everything went boom. How'd you feel about um, what they did to Eric? Uh, Jake is a monster? Yeah, that was pretty So, rough. If it hadn't been Chapman, would you think he was a monster? Yes. I know your response is yes, but. It was only because it was Chapman. <laughs> Before we get into Jake and Eric, I want to talk about the Jake and Cassie scene. Okay. Which Jake and Cassie scene? The one where he tries to suggest they get married when this is over. Oh, dear God. Yeah. And the fact that just, that is not a scene that works for me between two 16-year-olds, notwithstanding. Cassie takes this this approach of, you know, if the war ends, we'll talk about it a year later. Because she cannot see him outside of the war. And I think that part of that scene is really important. And the reason why I want to talk about it first is I think the Eric scene is the other side of that coin. Cool. Jake's response is basically like, look, they're not going to put me in charge of the Joint Chiefs. They're not going to make me president. No one's going to answer to me. I'm going to get my diploma and a driver's license and go smoke with Tobias <laughs> and then live a human life. And he seems really convinced that he's going to be able to do this. He does. And okay. I mean, we've heard he this seems, from him before. He seems like he is convinced that he will be able to force himself to do this. Well, I think it's important to keep in mind, at least this is the thing that made made it work for me that he would believe this. That we had the book with him and his grandfather or great-grandfather's journal. And like this idea of putting things away and putting them in a literal box and moving on. In a way that probably is impossible for Jake because of the responsibility he has. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the distinction he's missing. But I think he believes, okay, yes, when this is over, I'll go back to whatever. I also I don't think it's weird that he proposed. It's probably not weird that he proposed. I, I did like how Cassie was like, yeah, okay, champ, ask me later. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, well, that's about as nice as you could handle that, I think. Yeah. Like, Props to Cassie in this situation. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's out of character for him to do that. Like, no, earlier, so when, when Cassie has this kind of breakdown about, like, essentially what feels like she doesn't want to be the moral compass right now because she doesn't want to get into another fight. And Jake's like, no, I'm asking you because you keep me from going too far. And yes, okay, the fact that they're 16 is weird, but they are 16-year-olds that have been fighting a fucking war. Like, he sounds like a 60-year-old man in this book. And that's fair. And I get that. And I'm not, like, dinging the book for that. 
That's just not a scene that's ever going to play to me. 16-year-olds getting engaged is never going to play in my mind. It didn't work for Shakespeare. It doesn't work here. So, I okay, can those definitely... Okay, 14-year-olds, but whatever. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. I can also... Like, I don't think it's unrealistic for Jake to say this. I don't either. 16-year-old boys are dumb, and this is not yeah. really the thing I wanted to get hung up on this anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I was getting that out of the way so I could move on. Okay. No, no, no. We're going to talk about this. I want to talk We're, about this. That's it, fine. It's a um, weird thing that I think a lot of people forget happens in this book. I mean, part of the thing I don't like it, about it is that it is still very much the Jake looking for support from some external source because he has no ability to provide that for himself no he's a 16 year old boy who's been in war for three years yeah and there's nothing about it that's healthy and cassie is absolutely right i really don't have anything to say about this scene that's not on the page so that's that's really truly all i have for it i could see tobias and rachel giving it a go at 18 like they're both ridiculous enough yes yes they are both ridiculous enough that, no, that's not my question. Do you think either of them gives a fuck about the actual concept of marriage at this point? One of them is a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, so no. Okay, fine. Rachel and Tobias moving in at 18. Yeah, like... Her getting her trust fund from her parents and being like, all right, I got an apartment then and I have a pet bird. <laughs> I feel like yeah, this is my roommate, the the, the Falcon. Um, they were just no, best I, friends, really I good like, friends. <laughs> I feel like this conversation plays out in the exact same way every few months for the rest of their lives. Hey, you know, you could like stay here with me. No, I'm a bird. I'm not going to sleep <laughs> in a house. But like, I'm more human, and we can cuddle or whatever. For I don't know. You don't think once the war is done. Tobias will go back to being human and give up. God, no. You don't think so? Absolutely not. You don't no. think he'd do it for Rachel? No. I don't think it'd be fair of Rachel to make him do it. I yeah, don't think Rachel like, would make him do it. Rachel's never made him do it this thus far. I think they'd find a way to make it work. And the, oh, come on, I got this, this like, perch for you to sleep on would become this weird running joke. And then he'd have, like, I don't know, a nest in a tree outside her house or something. Tobias at some point would become bothered by the fact that he didn't support at least some part of the relationship. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Unless... We brought dinner. Yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. (laughs) That wouldn't happen. Now, hang on, hang on. I've got it. Rachel goes to work for the CIA. And Tobias acts as her backup reading important papers from a distance and watching her back and the two of them become super spies together traveling the world but the cia actually pays tobias yes i need tobias to actually be a cia agent with a little badge absolutely it's it's on it's a little badge sewn onto a scrunchie so he can attach it to his leg and he like holds Meg is leg. so distressed by this, and we're not no, giving her room no, to respond. No, I'm not distressed. <laughs> I just find it ridiculous that you guys seem to think that these kids who like are now known to have fucking saved the world aren't going to get any kind of money out of that. A movie deal, book rights. I think that Tobias going should have on little talk tiny, shows, little tiny sunglasses too. 
Oh, for the love of God. And, and like, a little earpiece in, like, no ear just hung there. And this is the canonical explanation for why Tobias has a mustache. <laughs> I'm the one who derails episodes, yeah. <laughs> he's drinking his coffee. <laughs> he's, he's bad cop in the corner. Just comes over and slams the desk with his talon. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> That's it, Tobias. You're off the force. <laughs> Turn in your gun and your badge. I'd like he's to like think... Trying to take his scrunchie off his talon. <laughs> I'd like to think that this is the earliest that I've ever been really frustrated with you two. Oh, not even close. There's an episode with like minutes in. This is the 43 minute mark before editing. No, you're like... Half an hour late, at least. Oh, I'm going to cut this down to, like, three minutes in. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want the world to believe it takes us 43 minutes to get, like, three minutes worth of content. I said four okay. to three. That's how people, like, four, two, three. give a range normally, right? <laughs> four or three years? Four, four, three. So, Jake. Four or three hours. Torments Eric. The other side of your fucking coin. Yes. Okay. So, the other side of the coin here. I think this is what shows that Cassie is absolutely right and that Jake will never leave this because Jake makes the decision in this book that no, there we are out of, we are out of even less bad options. We only have bad options and I will do what it takes and proceeds to send Marco into harm's way to drag Eric back and beyond like sending Marco out and beyond sending Rachel to do what he sends Rachel to do beyond even the you know let's take out the Texans to stop this other pool from being built I think using Eric's programming against him is the cruelest thing Jake does in this book and probably series as a whole I'll agree like yeah I'm going to use the term signed up for, and I don't necessarily mean it that way because nobody signed up for this, but Rachel and Marco signed up for this, yeah. essentially, and um, Eric did not. Eric made it very clear after what happened in book 10, he was not down for this. Right. And also, at the end, kind of gets payback that, like, could potentially mean that Yerks are escaping and that this war is not going to end easily. Yeah. Um, although it's I don't think he that. even thinks of it that way. I think it's it's like Axe says, or Marco says, it is base code. Yeah, he just simply just cannot do this. Yeah, diffuse. Oh, no, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't, I don't want to put that on Eric, because I think Eric is just... Eric can be a petty bitch. Let's not even pretend otherwise. I mean, he's been around millennia, sure. Yeah. Like... You don't get to be around that long, but... And not become a petty bitch. Can get you over imagine, that and circle back around. Can you imagine Eric in like the Medici court? Eric uses a language that <laughs> just because it has the best swear words. Okay? Eric I mean, is a petty bitch. Look, I am 100% here for that. Sometimes, sometimes when I'm really frustrated, the only thing I can do is break out the Spanish for cursing because it's oh. so much better. It's just visceral. A good hijo de puta. Sangano. I just Eric's a petty bitch. 
I will put that on him. I'm not disagreeing. Again, look, imagine him in the Medici court. It would be, he would be a nightmare. But he still doesn't deserve what Jake does to him here. No, I, like, what Jake does to him is terrible. What Jake does to him is a goddamn Saw movie. No. Yes. If Saw movies were mental and not physical. I'll give you that, because... I thought that's the whole point. Like, cut off your leg or die is a pretty mental kind of torture. But at the same, like, the reason... I don't know. I feel like Eric could have easily gotten out of this in some way. I mean, Eric had to take at face value that acts on Jake's order would kill Chapman. Yeah. And had to do, like, Jake was not wrong in, like, his logic. Like, he planned it out. But that's, I think, what makes it so terrible. Like, Oh, no, it's a brilliant plan. It's just... Jake is so ruthlessly calculated. Like, it could never work for him and Cassie. Ever after this. Never mind how just shitty and abusive he's been the last two books. Even if she did make a mistake. (laughs) Which she didn't because hello tax and revolution she still made a mistake just because she got lucky that there's a positive outcome from it doesn't mean she didn't make a mistake she trusted her gut no that was not part of her gut we that book was told from her point of view that was not her instinct her instinct was to keep jake from losing his how do we know that they wouldn't have she has gotten still asked for the morphing technology if they had had the cube though I feel like, especially if Arbron's yeah. been leading their asses. I don't get the read that Taxons are that bright. No, but he's a former Andalite. Eh. But he even says, like, I only have this moment where they see everyone but them getting to morph, and eventually they'll become complacent again. Cool. There is no way that Cassie could have known that. There is no way that Cassie understands the inner workings mm. of Taxons to know that... But giving she's up the more singularity yeah. in space time no, or something. No, no, no. She's she's no. A good portion of this Taxon stuff came because they wanted to do a Taxon Chronicles book and they couldn't figure out what but the plot would be. So instead they Cassie put a lot is of touched it here. by the Elemist bullshit though. Sure. She got lucky. Does that mean that <laughs> Della Reese is the Elemist? That's just all the Delamist, if it. you will. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) What about Roma Downey or John Dye? Yeah, that's right. I can name all the leads from Touched by an Angel. How do you feel about Axe's version of coffee? (laughs) Sticks and twigs? No. Dewey grass. Oh. He's got to get a few hoofsfuls. Hoofsful. I love the word hoofsful. (laughs) Because it's not like the plural of handful is handsful. Oh, you know. But the plural of hoofsful is hoofsful. But we, it's all we just had hooks. this argument at work. Is it piece of shits or pieces of shit? Pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. When you have two, they're not a they're not two pieces of shits. No. No, they're two pieces of shit. of shit. What if there's <laughs> like surgeon's general? But if it's a piece of two different shits, then it's that's what I'm saying. Shits. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's even different than what I'm saying. I like that one though. Pieces of shits. There multiple pieces, multiple shits. It's Culls de Sac, not cold, cold Two piece, two shit. Wait, is it Culls de Sac? No. Yes. Yes. Cole being the French word for butt. And sack? I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak French. <laughs> Alex is like, look, I know the word for butt in every language. Yeah, it was, it's That's the word it, for claw. <clears throat> 
how we learned that Alex is a butt man. Got it. I'm going to talk about the butts to sack now every time when I go. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> Do. <laughs> Unless you're talking to birds, then as you pointed out, it would be cloacas to sack. Good fucking God. Somebody is, somebody is or ordered cloacas to sack in a restaurant at some point. It's got to be a I meal hope somewhere. Not. So our Animorphs find out that the Andalites are going to blow them fucking out of the space. I do love Cassie's little bit of, of, of reversal here. The Telemax. That's right. I was a flea spying on you while you were betraying us. Yeah, I, I guess like this is the portion where it could have been handled There, there were several of those dun-dun-dun moments along the, the tail end of this that yes. I was I was all about. <laughs> We've all made mistakes, except Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> actually, no. Rachel just is a mistake. <laughs> is this why I relate to Rachel so much? I want to respond to that in a very specific way, but won't. As Bob Ross would say, we don't make mistakes here. We just make happy accidents. I mean, that is that also applies. I've watched so much Bob Ross this week. So... They find out officially that the Andalites are going to blow them out in space, which I think is the, like, there was a line that essentially is Jake being like, we've got the Yerks on one side, the uh, Andalites come in on the other side, two fronts, whatever the line is. And that's the only reason that this book works, I think. Yeah. Like, because they no longer have time to plan anything, especially when they learn that the Andalites are a hell of a lot closer than they thought. Right. He's like, they're, you know, Jupiter's moon. And I was like, damn, that's close. But they're actually closer. Whoa, okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Tim's going to turn into Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. There's an episode where they're being chased around by a killer. And Eric just keeps going, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> chung, chung. It's like my sister and my favorite episode of Boy Meets World. It's very, very good. <laughs> The only episode of Boy Meets World I've ever seen is the one where Salem Saberhagen eats the Time Turner and sends them back to, like, World War II. You should watch the one where there's a serial killer killing them off one by one. Captain Crunch? No. Tony the Tiger? Stop it. What are you... Stop. Serial killers? No. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, more crazy than the serial mascots was the names of the things that he said about the episode that he saw. Oh, yeah, Salem Saberhagen eats. Because it was on TGI Fridays. And so on Sabrina, he eats the time ball, and thus every other show got sent back into a different time period. What is And Salem cameoed in every show on yeah. that block. What is Salem? The cat Sabrina's from cat. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, okay. Voiced by Nick Bacay, co-writer of cinematic masterpieces, Paul Blart Mallcop and Paul Blart Mallcop 2. How did you guys enjoy the callback to the Andalite Chronicles in this? The used Arbron? Garlic? No, not oh. that yeah, is I that's yeah, what I fine. Too. No. Okay, that is also one. But the used car lot, the car going down into the, the hills or into the underground layers. That was nice. I did appreciate that. I just kept picturing a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Axe and a Jeep. Not Axe, Elfangor. Really is a shame that Axe never got to drive a Mustang. That you know of. Maybe he's he not sixteen. Maybe he doesn't. Oh, that's true. Book. That's true. I do find it weird though. So, like, 
Okay. Arbron convinces the Animorphs to come, says, we're going to help you. And then he's like, I know the other Animorphs are here. Show yourself. And they're like, hi, what's up? And then he's like, meet my special friend. And Tom walks in. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like this, like, I understand that theoretically, like the whole thing was that they were going to create a group and that Tom was going to help them or whatever bullshit. But like, also like, that's something you should have mentioned up front, Arbron. Wasn't Arbron like a little more devious? Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like he knows how that goes if he leads with, "Oh, hey, by the way, here is the chief of security." Yeah. <laughs> He's a game show host now. Here is General Hux. <laughs> that is a good, good example of who Tom should be. Yes, that is. I think that is, in fact, who I pictured for this book. I, but just like, yeah, I don't know. That whole scene is weird. It's weirdly done, in my opinion. Um, but I do like finding out that Tom and Tom's yerk can morph. Yes, because we asked that question, like, why not let the yerks morph? Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like such a simple solution to like every problem when Tom lays it out. You know, it's like I don't want to be dependent on Candrone anymore. So, yeah. It seemed like a simple solution when I laid it out last <laughs> episode. Also true. Also so I don't understand true. why he doesn't like part of the agreement isn't like slither out of Tom's ear or something as you're like on your way out. And then Tom yeah. can join the Animorphs even though he hasn't had control of his body for like four years. I guess because if he did that, one, he would have to demorph every two hours. True. And two, like if Vistar 3 was like, Tom, morph into a hork bajir tom would have to be like uh or his yerk would have to be like uh can't do that right now chief also i really 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 hope we get the spider-man pointing at each other scene with tom and tom yerk oh and that would be cool shouldn't there be a third one no it's just two Spider-Men pointing at each other. I'm thinking of the anxiety one. As many Spider-Mans as you would like, it turns I'm out. I'm thinking of the anxiety ones where it's like, it's my seasonal depression. It's political anxiety. It's <laughs> yeah. COVID anxiety. Yeah. That one. Oh, no, there are a lot of, like, photoshops of yeah. it with extras, yes. Yeah. You can actually get a Funko uh, two-pack that is two Spider-Men pointing oh, nice. at each other. I think we saw that at a comics shop one time, Meg, and I almost got it. Oh, when we were in South Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you get it? I don't remember now. How weird is it that, like, okay, so they've got a new sensor they can count, like, life forms. Yeah. And Tom's truck has two life forms, not three, guys. Yeah. And he's like, but I can see three. And at no point, he's like, that's weird. <laughs> your thing that's sucks. That's suspicious. He's just like, your technology sucks. Yeah. You need a new life form counter because look. He's clearly not a very good chief of security. <laughs> He has chief of security. <laughs> Jesus. Because, one, like, he doesn't catch that. But two, like, what is the what is the setup where he can reliably say, oh, yes, I will use the Gleep biofilter, but then never actually walk <laughs> through a Gleep biofilter? I, I guess I mean, you gotta, like, but... flip a switch before you walk through. That's yeah, what I assume. I'm assuming he wanted the animorphs to die in the most painful way possible, which would apparently be attacks and eating them sure 
I just, I'm saying, like, the actual logistical setup of this place makes it really easy to bypass shit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's no wonder the Yerks never turned on the security cameras. What's the point? (laughs) But then again, we wouldn't have gotten Tom's, like, mustache twirling moment. Tom trying to be clever is great. Tom's Yerk! Yeah. It's not my brother! (laughs) Thanks, Jake. Poor Jake. I had forgotten that Jake actually does, like, very vehemently make yes. that distinction yeah. at one point. Yes. Yes. It's like, oh, my dude. Oh, my dumb dude. He's just a teenage summer's boy. I know. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> they do get to free some people, which is nice. Yeah. And they get to flush, literally flush some yurks out of the yurk toilet into space. 17,372. I didn't think he would do it. You didn't? I didn't. When when it's they like, were setting it up, I was like, he's going to do something other than flush him. And then he literally says, flush him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I was going to say, it is like the, the thing that he gives the least amount of thought to. Yeah. He ordered his friends to blow up his entire hometown. Yeah, he'll flush the Yerks. 17,372. Which has to be a good chunk. No pun intended about space ice, but... That was also a nice little callback to Andalite Chronicles. Yeah, there's a few in here. I really, really enjoy that. Like, it, I can tell that they really wanted to try to make attacks in Chronicles, and they just couldn't figure out how to make it work. And it, I would not have been surprised if it had somehow tied into this, like a lead up we- to this. <laughs> the Secret Book 55. <laughs> the Texan Chronicles. A bunch of anacondas just lazing in the sun. I've never seen an anaconda in person. I don't like snakes much. Well, the Texans did, which I guess means Jake's anaconda does. Bunza. No. It's too late, and Tim's editing this one. So it stays. <laughs> how, we, we discussed the auxiliary animals, but how do you feel about, like, the Zer one being like, give me a tape of that? Uh, he sucks. If you had asked me, I don't know. Before you made an three, four years ago, I would have said, "Well, that's kind of one-dimensional for a villain." But no, that seems actually really on brand yeah. for autocratic fascist shitheads. Give me a tape of that. I want to watch that later. All I could think of was, I needed to shower. Yeah. Roll just... that beautiful bean footage. No. Now I'll tell you what we did not get in this book that I wanted in this last Jake book. Mm-hmm. And I guess conceivably we could still get it in the last book, but I wanted like. As soon as they walked in, Visser 3 to morph a tiger. I need to come full circle on Visser 3's love of cats. He's like, I did it. Visser 3 morphs some kind of jungle cat. I appreciate that he was like, you didn't bring me down. The Andalites didn't bring me down. Only a cold-hearted traitor could bring me down. How dare someone sink that low? Only the unpredictable event that a Yerk would double-cross me. What do you mean I haven't been nice to the other Yerks? What do you mean our entire society is built on political intrigue and double crossing? His, <laughs> his his comment about how the only thing that defeated him was his like his good nature or whatever his trusting yes. nature. <laughs> I was like, yikes! I have the quotes. What do you mean my second in command? won't help me cheat to win this election. No, it took me a while to see what happened, but I see it now. The blade ship was attacked, and I am helpless, unable to control the ship. Only a traitor could have beaten me. I was not beaten by you, human, or your pet Andalite there. 
I was undone by my trusting nature. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm trying to rewrite Helpless from Hamilton from Visser Three's perspective. Only another only Yurk rewind. could have beaten me, and only by the lowest treason. I was not beaten by you, never by you. It's like, calm down, dude. You lost. Yes. Who fucking cares at the end of the day? And then we got Tom on the blade ship. The pool ship tries to shoot it and misses. The blade ship turns around and Tom does again another mustache twirl. Doesn't just escape. But that's how he finds out that Jake's not dead. Yep. And Jake's last words. The last words of the book. Rachel, go. Go, Rachel. Go, Rachel. Go. I just, I really want Rachel to just be behind Tom with a knife. Not a grizzly paw, just a knife. Yeah, just. Actually, I was Tim on this one. I think viscerally, Rachel needs to get to cut some. Yeah, that's what I would like. Speaking of knives, though, we get a description of Axe's tail in this book that is so, like, viscerally very different. What, that it's made of bone? Than how it's ever drawn. Jake describes it as being like a kitchen knife on the end of a bullwhip. Jesus Christ. Which implies, that. like, something... W- it was it was during the siege on Doubleday's base. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, picture an Andalite with, with, like, a really sinewy tail with just a big kitchen knife on the end. Whipping around like that. If I ever attempted anything like that... No. Like, okay. literally, like, four and a half seconds before, you know... It's over. Tim, you would try to crack the whip once. Yep. The knife would fly out and embed itself in your microwave. Okay, that's. I was going to say the wall. And then he'd be like, I should have put the pups up first. Yeah, I was more convinced it would end up in my person. <laughs> it's like my fear of fishing is like the fact that you I have to wave the hook and the, the, the hook's still going to get stuck in me somehow. That's exactly it. Anytime I go fishing, I have to have someone put the hook in the water for me. <laughs> Cast it. That's what it is. But yes, a bullwhip with a kitchen knife at the end. That sounds very painful. It sounds horrifying. Like, you're in a fight and that comes just flying at you, swinging around. No wonder people are so scared of Andalite. I was going to say, but yeah, that like explains so much better why they are terrifying creatures. Yeah. Other than being absolute shithead assholes. Alright, I am reading a Gizmodo article. Too much meat during Ice Age winters gave rise to dogs, new research suggests. That's right, this one goes out to the Pimelites. <laughs> I feel like you should double fist. Yeah. Like... <laughs> in my mind. Okay. If I did it in reality, I'd punch my microphone, and that's bad audio. <laughs> So, there had been two basic theories as to why dogs were domesticated, or wolves were domesticated. One said that prehistoric humans used early dogs as hunting partners. The other says that wolves were attracted to humans' garbage. This is a new theory, however, that suggests that the reason why humans and wolves, which would have been in competition for the same meat sources actually started to get along had nothing to do with either of those things, but was a product of the fact that humans cannot subsist off of only lean meat. 
So during Ice Age winters, humans would actually go for fattier meat sources and would have lean meat, more lean meat than they could actually consume. And the scientists doing the study went back and like calculated lean meat by volume of these animals and what humans could eat. And it was definitely way more than humans could consume. Uh, because most human meat sources, other than it mentions weasels, uh, most human meat sources other than weasels had too much lean meat. But dogs, or wolves, rather, could live off of just lean meat. So this new theory says that the two of them started like hanging out together because humans had all this lean meat and dogs could eat it. And then they weren't in competition for the same meat sources. They were just sharing the cuts that made sense. And also humans think baby animals are cute. So they probably let the wolf pups around first. And eventually that's what led to domesticated dogs. So not so much hunting partners. Not so much, hey, you humans have great trash. Mostly just, uh, eh, we've got some bacon. You want it, pup? <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> That's my favorite animal fact. I also had one about corgi giraffes, but it wasn't actually very fun or funny once I dug down into it. It seems like with that setup, though, like, how could it go wrong? I know, right? Basically just, hey, a couple of these giraffes have short legs. It is a result probably of inbreeding. Oh. Oh, And while they have lived longer than scientists would expect... They probably won't be able to mate because they're too short. The poor creatures. Yeah. But hey, if you want to see pictures of corgi giraffes, they're kind of adorable. <laughs> Is this your last animal fact or are you going to try to find one more for next week? Next I'll episode? find one for next week. Okay. I don't know. Next episode's going to be a lot. Then again, you guys will make a joke and it'll take 20 minutes <laughs> to get back on track. So who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any listener questions? Um, nothing submitted through our website. I do have a new review for us what? on Apple Podcasts. Yay. This one was submitted by Steve from Albuquerque. Subject is too good to miss. Steve writes, I fell asleep on a plane listening to this. <laughs> so but when I woke up. I immediately rewinded, uh-huh. rewound, yeah, rewound. the episode to listen to what I missed. It's that good. Um, we are probably responsible for some very bizarre dreams. <laughs> um, yeah, that that I don't doubt. I'm not sorry, no, but I'm happy, happy that you know we could have that kind of influence on someone's deep, deep psyche. There's a part of me that really, really wants to have the ability to be able to listen to our entire back catalog to figure out, like, all the little things that we were like, oh, we'll get to that later, or like, oh, maybe that'll be answered by the end of the series, just so we can talk about it next week. But I know that there is no way I can listen to my voice for that long. There's absolutely no way. Also, that's, like, a hundred hours of podcast. I mean, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. Come on. I just know my own voice will annoy me. Just my persona. It's not even my voice. It's me. I'm going to annoy myself. That's it. Thank you, Steve from Albuquerque. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Yes, thank you. Okay, so predictions. I mean, is there anything else we do before predictions? 
I feel like there's usually more taunting and torturing Tim, but he seems yeah, to be into no, it. Yeah, no. I feel like every it's time he's into one. it, we come up with, like, a lot of things to torment and torture. Oh, you think it's your last one, bud. Um, <laughs> you don't think that we're not going to ask you what you think happens to the Animorphs after the end of all of this? Uh, I suppose you're right. Oh, I should have something written for that next week. You had to give him the heads up. Yeah. No. Two weeks, bud. Two um, weeks. Two weeks, yeah. I'm going to do that. Fortnite. I'm going to do like that little thing at the credits where it says, Tobias went on to so-and-so. <laughs> I'll do that for each okay. one of them. Okay. Okay. So. Who is the narrator? Rachel. Oh, no. That makes it worse. Um. <laughs> so, like, I always make a joke that the narrator is the one that beats it. And I wasn't going to do this this time. I was going to be serious. Because I really feel bad. Like, like I am okay. genuinely worried about I, someone. I will tell you that it, it, it's a Megamorphs vibe. It, it's going to rotate. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll um, give you that. I wasn't going to, but you seem really distraught. Yeah. No. I, I, Meg is so, way more benevolent than I was. I was digging it. This is, uh, this is, this is, I think this honestly might destroy me because of how upset Tobias got. But Rachel split the party. And, like, I'm very concerned for her. Like, Right now, she she seems like she's in a good spot because she's right behind Tom. So I don't know if she's going to lose it on the blade chip or anything. Did we lose? So Meg? you believe she is? Do we have oh. confirmation of that, or do you, is that what you believe? She is right behind Tom. Oh no 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 yeah no no that's just like in my head canon. Okay. She's there with the knife at his throat. Cool. Okay. Listeners, I need you to know that <laughs> Meg, knowing she cannot keep a straight face to anything Tim is going to predict for this book, has I turned can't. off her I own can't. video. I'm sorry. I okay. can't. But no, like I, I, when when Tobias turns around to Jake, and and looks at Jake, he's you son of a, you ruthless son of a, and I'm like, oh no, oh I like like my my stomach sank, and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's the theory there. We do have a moment in this book where Marco like puts together some dots that we don't exactly have all of them yet, and like agrees with Jake that, that like whatever is coming is the best. Slash only outcome. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like a reminder that Marco does have one shining moment of old Marco in here. Visser 1 is going to beef it. They will kill Visser 1. Tom will get de-yerked. Wait, wait. They're going to kill Visser 1, the yerk, or Visser 1 and the host? Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. I, definitely the yerk is going to... The yerk is dead. Okay. Yeah, they're going to get that yerk. Um, Alaron, that's his name. Yeah. I don't think Alaron's going to walk away from it though. I feel like Okay. I feel like the both of them are going to going to going to get it in the end here. Um but I think that's it. I think Rachel's going to be the one that gets it. Uh when Visser 1 dies, I think the Yerks do leave Earth. Whatever Yerks are remaining, I think that that whole morphing thing that Tom works out and then I think the Texans do get their their anaconda wish. So how do you think Rachel's going to beef it? I don't know. Because like I said, it, it, it seems like she's got the high ground right now. Like Tom mm-hmm. doesn't know she's there. So I have the high ground. <laughs> you are my cousin. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it may not even happen on the blade ship. It may happen like later. Like Rachel's going to kill him and then bring the blade ship back. Yeah. Oh, wait, I no, don't say she dies. Yeah. So I don't see how like I don't see how this goes well for Tom. Because I don't think anything if uh, unless somehow... Tom realizes she's there beforehand. I like I said, he, he's toast, and she's. I feel like it's pretty obvious at the end of this one that Tom does not realize she's. Yeah, there. so I, I feel like he's 
done. He's in the worst possible spot. Like, aside from the fact that people on the York pole that are about to get shot down. Or the Yorks that got, you know, flushed <laughs> into space and frozen. Fair. So you think, okay, so to, to summarize what you said, Rachel dies. Yes. She is maybe going to take Tom with her. Yes. Fizzer one, the Yurk will die. Maybe also Aleron. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Aleron gets it too. Okay. Um, we've got five other Animorphs. Yeah, they all live. And that's it? Yes. The Andalites? Uh, well, obviously I don't think they come in and blow up Earth. Okay. So maybe once the Yurk threat is neutralized, once once Tom leads them to his way of thinking that we can all just morph whatever Yurks are left. What about Axe? Like, okay, I know you said you think everybody lives, but... Like, Axe leaves and goes back with the Andalites. Okay. I feel like that would happen. I don't think Earth is his home. Now, well, no, okay, that's fine. Remind me remind me next time to point out why that won't happen. Who do the Andalites think gave the Animorphs the ability to morph? Oh, that's right. They think Axe did it. Military command knows otherwise. Yeah. But... The public thinks Axe gave them the ability to morph. To preserve Elfangor's name. That's from, like... God, I don't even remember shit. that. It's like book 13. Yeah, no, I did not even remember no, that. No, it's... It's either 13 or 8. It's gotta be 8, because 13's Tobias. 13's when Tobias sorry, gets morphine. 18. 8 or 18. It's gotta be 8. I, that does sound familiar, but I like that, that yeah, was not no, even that in is, my head at all. Like That's, that's a deep pull. That yeah. was a good deep pull. But I'm super excited about this book. Like I, I, it's gonna. I know I can't read it right now, but I really. I mean, want you to. could. What about? I could, but I feel but, like I should wait till closer to when we record to do it. I, I would say give it some time. Yeah, for sure. Tim, what about the part of the plan from this book that has not happened yet? Using the Yerk Pools communicators to signal to the Andalite people past the military. Oh, I had forgotten about that part too. Um. Ooh, that's a whole wrinkle. <laughs> um, yes. You're welcome. Yes. No, that happens. That happens. And there is, uh, it turns out the Andalite people think differently than the Andalite military. And that is made uh, very apparent, I guess. So maybe that'll influence why the Andalites have to change their their strategies. How do the Taxons get morphing abilities? Uh, they get the cube back. So the blade ship's going to come back. Yeah, the blade ship has the cube. Yes. I feel like that's that's sort of without question. Of course, me thinking that means that it's probably very much in question. No, no, no. I'm just, like, <sighs> there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of moving parts. And yeah. it is kind of the wrap-up of a lot of things. What do you think is going to happen to Chapman? He's promoted to principal. <laughs> he finally okay. He finally makes it. He finally gets there. Him and Melissa are okay. Do you think the insurance company uh, honors his homeowner's policy after the uh, tank attack on it? That is a big part of Do you of think he got that filed in time before I think uh, the Yorks burned the entire city to the ground? Anybody who has invested in insurance companies around this whole area has just taken what they have and moved to Mexico. I don't think anybody is going to pay out anything. I mean, to be fair, acts of war are not usually covered under insurance. So, would that count the the joyride and the tank that preceded the the yeah, that's, alien attack? It's not really an act of war, is it? Okay, neither are acts of terrorism, and I feel like they have a good argument that could fall under either of those things. 
I don't know. That's just a traffic incident to me. Oh, that's so okay. It was a teenage boy and a bird who stole this <laughs> tank and went joyriding. Jesus Christ. You know what? If y'all had just told me at the beginning of this book series, <laughs> that one line, I'd have been like, I'm in. Let's go. What? Because we had to twist your arm to get you to read this anyways? <laughs> hey, Tim, aliens are invading Earth and teenagers are going to be the ones to stop it. Cool. Hey, hey start. I started this this new book series. It's called The Murderbot Diaries. I think you might like it. It's, Is that it's so? Actually... <laughs> Is that so? Yet another example of Meg telling me something, and then two years later, I finally try it, and I'm like, wow, this was, like, written for me. That's fine. It took Meg, like, six months to read Mexican Gothic. To be fair, I had already bought Mexican Gothic by the time that you and I had started it, talking about it. It just sat on my shelf longer than I anticipated. You know what? And it is also the free um, book in the New York Library right now. Once a month they have, or once every so often they have... A book that has, because, you know, if you download an audiobook or an ebook from a library, they only have so many copies and you get into a queue. Anybody that is in the New York Public Library system can download this book. So go check that out. But also, that is still nothing compared to, like, half the shit that I give Tim. No, yeah. No, I just wanted to mention it because I don't think we've mentioned it on this show and I know you both just read it. You know what's, yeah, it it was really funny with Mexican Gothic because she's We've read, like, six books since then. (laughs) But she was like hey, what about Mexican Gothic? And I looked down and I had an audible credit and I'm like, sure. And that one I took um, immediately and, and just devoured. It was the very much exception to the, the two-year rule, the two-year waiting before I can yeah. actually read anything that Meg suggests. And then I wonder why it took me so long. You do it to yourself, do, huh? It's the Chuck rule. I'm just going to assume it's the same thing that happens when like Maya, my best friend, is like, hey, I think you'd like this show. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. You told me I'm, no. <laughs> No. That's the same principle here. Ted Lasso. I don't have Apple TV right now. Do you think Jake's parents are going to get on your... Yes. Do you think that Jake's parents are going, if Tom ends up dying, all of this drama, how are Jake's parents going to feel? I don't know how Jake's parents are going to feel. Like, they're going to have a hard time recovering from all of it, no matter how it goes, even if Jake and Tom do survive. (laughs) But yeah, Jake's parents are inconsolable about Tom's death and Jake spends the rest of his life going, but, but I saved the fucking planet. Yep. Yep. It's that whole first and youngest child thing. Yeah. No, they take it one step further. They have another kid (laughs) forcing Jake to become a middle. Oh no. (laughs) Shit. I feel like the Hork-Bajir are going to end up off earth too. You think so? Yeah. They're going to get their own planet. Okay. I feel like the Hork-Bajir should be, like, in charge of the forestry service. I agree with that. Like, let Toby be Secretary of the Interior and just put Hork-Bajir running all the parks. Yep. So, do you think um, there will be any discussion of the government or, like, Earth moving on with knowing that there is life out there? We kind of get a little of that in this one. See? <laughs> well, I guess my question is, do you think the last book is going to be entirely about this last stance the fight ending or is it going to go into and not and and just be about like how the animorphs that end credit thing you're talking about this yeah is what they did that's, that's kind of or like, is it going to have some kind of like does the war end halfway through the book or at the end of the book kind of thing how many years into the future do you think we jump to see jake commanding a space fleet uh do you think cassie will marry him no 
<laughs> no. Good answer. Do you think Cassie will become a veterinarian in the Amazon rainforest? No. Veterinarian, yes. Rainforest, no. The Jake what do you think thing... happens with Marco? No, sorry. Finish the Jake thing. Yeah, the, the Jake thing, that uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all if we see Jake, you know, five, ten years in the future. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing kind of thing. Um, Marco sells his life story, but insists on playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, who else is going to morph? Who else is going to save those special effects? So just to wrap up your summary, positive vibes. War is going to end. Yeah, but there's maybe not everybody's going to get there, but war is going to end and everybody is going to be okay. Yeah, with with some major down notes along the way. Cool. But yeah, ultimately, Yerk Evil is defeated. Cool. That's how I feel. I hope I'm wrong about the Rachel thing, though. When are you going to start reading this or, book? Or, or, uh, probably like two or three days before we record. Like, I'll, Dude. I'll wait. Till, Dude. Um, but it, it. Dude. I better not read one line from Tobias. What if, line? Like, any lines. Like, he can, he's forbidden to have dialogue if Rachel, if Rachel eats it. I'm sorry. Tim is afraid what? of experiencing yeah. emotion. I might. I might. Like, Jesus Christ. I know. Like, I don't know what that'll open up inside of me. I'm sorry. No, that's bullshit. If this is the series that makes you cry, then I'm (laughs) fucking here for it. I've spent my entire life trying to bottle up my emotions. And then this children's book series (laughs) from the late 90s forces you to feel. I'm just like a blubbering mess trying to do the podcast. We have, and I'm going to reiterate this again, and I probably will tell you guys every single day. I want to hear your first reactions after finishing this book. Because, yeah, Alex, uh, you don't remember how this ends. I'll... I remember bits and pieces. So I'm going to say this. I won't say what. There is a scene that I remembered happening. Okay, that hasn't happened in yet. In the last book. Okay. That I had convinced myself, like, the closer we've gotten to it, could not possibly have been right. And then this book shifted the pieces to be in place for. <laughs> okay. So I do remember things as it turns out. Because now I'm curious what sure. scene. I won't say anything, but it's it's not like word for word, bit for bit, everything that. No, happens. no, 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 no. I just you you have this specific scene in your mind. I just am curious what it is. Tim knows nothing. Yeah. I do I've want. Even, I've not even looked at the cover of this book. Oh, I feel like we should do that right now. It's a good cover. So. You remember how we were talking about getting covers? Like there was a guy who was selling the covers? Yeah. Yes. If this is one of them, I want this one. Okay. That one's awesome. I'm fairly certain it is. So the cover, explain it. It's profile of all six of them. But it's like shrinking. Like the guy in the back has a really big head. And then the end of light in the front has a little tiny head. You're so good at this. (laughs) What's the inside cover? Uh, it's their faces, but a front. Oh, we didn't talk about the inside cover to this one, which is absolutely amazing. No, we didn't. What is it? It's Jake as an anaconda on his little platform in front of dozens of taxons. That's right. Oh, we've got the number of taxons. I got the number of taxons. I mean, in the image, there are like dozens drawn. But there's a lot of like numbers in this book. It was very strange. Yeah. Seven... 1,509 taxons, non-controlled taxons. 1,709. 
do you know what the the little caption on the the cover of book 54 is what it began with six it will end with five and now i am like super sad i'm gonna remind you of the fucking elemis chronicles these are my friends i've been with them for 60 books But Tim is convinced that the Elemist Chronicles is Elemist bullshit and whoever that is will come back to life. Not anymore. (laughs) Have we broke you? I'm so sorry. We have disillusioned (laughs) Tim. Gone as that sweet summer child. (laughs) I'm so sorry, bud. Oh, this is going to crush me. I feel like I've called Tim a sweet summer child a lot on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. This book crushes me. It crushes. There is nobody. I don't know anybody who has read this book that hasn't had a reaction of some sort. I'm not going to explain the reactions or anything like that, but it is a very divisive book of the series. I'm going to have to find a cave and just like away from many people. We want to see your fucking emotions. I'm going to have to find a feelings cave. Just put a blanket over you. That's all we do. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a bed fucking fort. It's a pillow Aquarius. fort. <laughs> Tim has gone from being like Aquarius. Tim has gone from being like caveman <laughs> developing sentience to a frightened dog in a thunderstorm. In just the course of two metaphors, <laughs> we turn on our, our our webcams, and Tim's just in like. A very tight vest. <laughs> a thunder vest? Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is your last time doing this. I need you to just once really commit and sell the phrase, peep our social <laughs> okay. Wait, I do actually have something to promote. Okay, go oh, ahead. Never mind. Sporadic fandoms. Oh, yeah. Starting uh, by the time this drops, should have been the first episode should have been released last week. Um, it is fantastic. Please go check it out. There are so many really cool things planned for it. If you are an Animorphs fan, if you're an audio drama fan, it will not disappoint. Please go check it out. I'm a fan of both of those. not an Animorphs fan, (laughs) and you're on episode 53 of this podcast, more than that, I'm so, so sorry. Your friend loves you, and that's why they're making you listen to this. Your friend wants you to feel emotion secondhand for the first time. Your friend is worried that you are also an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to, we need to write that book. You, you might book, be an Aquarius. It's a PSA. <laughs> no, I follow those on Instagram. You might be an Aquarius, or this is how Aquariuses are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like a weird mixture. Just like a very somber Tom Bergeron walks on screen in front of a black back, <laughs> backdrop. Just... Is that your Chapman for this episode? Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Tom Bergeron. Were you born between January 20th and February 18th? Then you are an Aquarius. There's only so much we can do for you. It's true. But we're here to do what we can. You're the fucking worst. We are the worst. Dial this number. And you can reach an, an Aquarius support group where we'll pass out thunder vests. <laughs> no, they're just going to stare and, at you and not speak the entire time. It's just going to side And eye. provide caves where you can go to think about maybe one day having the experience of considering emotions. I feel like emotions are being thrust upon me. 
Listen, I am an Aquarius who overcame my emotions. You can do this too. Right, right. <laughs> and then it just ends with the more you know. <laughs> Maybe G.I. Joe slips out of a bathroom <laughs> stall somewhere. Wrap this fucking episode up, please. <laughs> Being an Aquarius is half the battle. We'd like to thank Red Sphinx for our show art. You can check out more of his work by supporting his Patreon or visiting at Chaos Does Art on Instagram. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email red at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. Peep our socials at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Website is mindsatyerk.com. Spell yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate review us on Apple Podcasts, available on your podcatcher of choice. Let us know if you can't find us there. Alex? I appreciate that you spelled your yeah. in a way specifically that would appeal to William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I always complain about spelling it. Uh, I may as well once. All right. Somebody say when. When? X's main eyes flashed. I have been Tim. My name was Alex. And I've been Megan. And I'm concerned by how unsure you are about who you are. I feel like we. Well, he's going to experience emotions. Let's hear from it. Identity. (laughs) I don't know who I am. But I know. Or how he feels about that. That was my fault. Until then, I'll fight. Okay. Until But only Tim. The rest of us are taking two weeks off. <laughs> until until two weeks from now I'll fight. And then I guess the fight'll be over. started yet meg's meg's already acting up i can never keep her in line on these i'm good between the start and the end that's all that matters